Hi, welcome to Pitt Town Church. We are so glad that you're listening to this podcast. We pray that this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you would like more information, check out our website at www.pitttownchurch.com. Um, reading this morning would be coming from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and I'll be reading from the Holmans. Um, you can get it up on the back of your chair if you've got your phone or on the screen or if you have your Bible with you. Luke chapter 2, from verse 8 to 20. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for Luke, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today a Saviour, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. <coughs> Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. When the angels had left, and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Well, good morning, friends. Good morning, yeah, I'm glad that some people are awake. It's good to see you all this morning. Well, this Christmas at Pitt Town, uh, we've been looking at a series of famous Christmas carols and comparing them to the story that we receive in the Bible. And the hope is that uh, while you're out and about over this Christmas period, perhaps while you're doing your shopping or uh, maybe while you're at a Christmas party or even while you're here at church, that when you hear one of these carols, you'll be triggered to think, of the underlying message which comes to us from the Bible. And so this morning I've chosen uh, the carol, While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks by Night, as we're going to be looking more closely this morning at the story of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And my big question for us this morning is why, why would the extraordinary God of the whole universe choose to announce the birth of his only son to a group of ordinary shepherds. But before we go any further, let me pray as we begin our time together. Dear Heavenly Father, as we look at your word, the Bible, this morning, please help us to know you and to see you more clearly. And I pray that we would be challenged to respond 
to this extraordinary message. Through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, uh, when I was young, one of my biggest claims to fame was the fact that my second cousin, Kathy, played the French horn for the band Midnight Oil in the closing ceremony of the Sydney Olympics. Uh, now that I am older, I realise that's a fairly tangential claim to fame. Uh, but when I was in primary school, I thought it was very cool. Uh, and I'm sure that you can remember or at least imagine that the closing ceremony of the Olympics, both the opening and closing ceremony, were these huge, they were big productions. They were a big affair and they were jam-packed with all kinds of famous Australians. Uh, and according to my cousin Kathy, in order to make sure that these big productions remained a secret from the global audience that was going to tune in over TV, uh, so they remained secret, they rehearsed them in a top-secret location. It turns out that top-secret location was just over in Schofields. And so for a brief period of time leading up to the Olympics, every day all sorts of famous Australians, some of the most famous people in the country, actors, musicians, sports people, were secretly travelling out to Schofields in order to rehearse for these ceremonies. Uh, and one day my cousin told us that while she was travelling with a group of these celebrities, uh, including Peter Garrett, the lead singer of Midnight Oil, uh, now turned politician, uh, and the supermodel, Elle McPherson, uh, she was with these celebrities when they decided that they wanted to stop for a cup of coffee. And so they pulled into uh, a local bakery in Schofields. Now, I have to you know, give the announcement that my wife and I, we used to live in Schofields. We love Schofields. It's a wonderful place. But I have to admit that the bakery is probably not very high on the list of priorities for Australia's rich and famous to go and visit. In fact, I think that even a lot of people that live in Schofields probably don't know where the bakery in Schofields is. So you can only imagine the absolute shock on the face of the young girl working on the counter when in walks some of the most famous people in the country at the time. And... Uh, remember, this was before everyone had camera phones and everything was recorded. She apparently just turned around and said, oh, man, no one is ever going to believe me that this happened. <laughs> that such an extraordinary group of famous people would walk into such ordinary circumstances like a little bakery in Schofields. And in many ways, I share this story because that's a lot like what happened on that first Christmas night as Jesus was born. The extraordinary arrived right in the middle of the ordinary. The God of the whole universe was born as a helpless baby, laid in a feeding trough in an ordinary backwater town called Bethlehem. And in our passage this morning, as we turn to look at the shepherds who were visited by an angel, I think we start to see that a similar pattern is emerging. The carol says, While shepherds watch their flocks by night, all seated on the ground, 
the angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. On that first Christmas night, when Jesus was born, somewhere out in the fields, another extraordinary thing was happening as a group of ordinary shepherds were visited by an angel. I mentioned a little bit earlier that the big question that I have for you this morning is why, why of all the people that God could have announced the birth of his only son to, why would he choose a bunch of shepherds? I mean, why, why not choose someone important and, and significant, someone famous that we know the name of? We don't even know the name of these shepherds. Why not someone that Luke mentioned earlier, like in chapter 2, verse 1, like Caesar Augustus, ruler of the entire Roman Empire at the time? Or why not choose to announce this message to Quirinius, the governor of Syria? I think if I was planning to announce the news of the birth of the Son of God, uh, I would at least be looking for the Bethlehem equivalent of the 7 o'clock news. But why would God choose a group of ordinary shepherds? Well, if we look closely at verse 8, Luke actually doesn't tell us very much about these shepherds, apart from the fact that the shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. It seems that Luke very intentionally wants us to notice that these guys weren't the kind of guys that were tucked up all nice and warm in the farmhouse for the night. Uh, they weren't even in some kind of elaborate, elaborate tent set up or a, a nice comfy swag. These shepherds were standing outside in the middle of their fields protecting their sheep. And I'm not sure what springs to your mind, but often when I hear the words of that carol, while shepherds watch their flocks by night all seated on the ground, my mind sort of drifts to quaint pictures of the English countryside. You know, I imagine the rolling hills, maybe a, a light dusting of snow on the ground and a, a nice clean shepherd sort of gazing from a distance at his sheep on the hill. But we need to realise that in ancient Palestine, that's not what things would have been like. For these shepherds, it's not like modern-day farming. These shepherds would have been right in the dirt and the muck in, in amongst their sheep. If they were fortunate enough to have a pen, they would have been lying in the threshold on the ground as a physical barrier, using their bodies to block out any animals that would try and come and attack the sheep. And if they didn't have a pen, well, then they would just be standing right in the middle of the sheep, in the thick of it, protecting them from thieves and all kinds of other predators. These shepherds were right in amongst the sheep. I don't know how much time you've spent with sheep, but they are not particularly the cleanest of animals, nor are they the nicest smelling. Uh, I mentioned this at 8am and a few members wanted to say, oh, sheep, they smell lovely. Uh, they're the best smelling animal that you can get. And that might be true, but what's important is they are an outside animal. Uh, growing up, my dad used to say, there are inside animals and there are outside animals. And the important thing to notice here is that these sheep are outside animals. They are living in dirty, 
dusty Palestine. And these shepherds, what Luke wants us to know, these guys who are living outside with their sheep at night, the shepherds would have been dusty, dirty, probably pretty smelly, ordinary guys. They weren't the rich and famous. They weren't important people. They weren't even impressive people. No, they were just ordinary working blokes. And not only would have they been smelly and dusty, but living outdoors being shepherds would have meant they were in constant contact with all kinds of muck and dirt and grime. There would have been sheep waste There would have been uh, blood, whether from cooking their meals or cuts and scratches. There would have been all kinds of bugs, who knows which ones. And not to mention the fact that time to time, when you're protecting sheep from predators, there would have been dead animals around. And so these shepherds were not only physically unclean, but we know that according to the Jewish law, they would have been ceremonially unclean as well. God could have sent his angel to the governor. He could have sent his angel to the emperor. But instead, he chose a group of ordinary shepherds. Because look with me at verse 10. I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This message, is for everyone. Why ordinary shepherds? Because God's extraordinary message is for ordinary people, even unclean, ordinary shepherds. So now that we've seen that the message is for all people, even ordinary people, It compels us to want to have a closer look at what makes this message so extraordinary. So if you still have your Bibles with you, come with me to verses 9 and 11. We're in Luke chapter 2, and beginning in verse 9, uh, it says this, Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, a saviour who is Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. What makes this message so extraordinary? Well, firstly, did you notice it's delivered by an angel? I think we often forget that an angel suddenly appearing, shining with the glory of the Lord, is not something that happens in everyday, day-to-day life. It's not the normal way that a baby is announced. This is extraordinary. Then the angel goes on to speak and declares, this is good news. Today, a saviour who is Messiah the Lord was born for you. Israel's saviour, their deliverer, he's here. The one that they had been waiting for so many years for, the angel announces, today is the day. This is the one. 
And this saviour, he was unlike any of Israel's heroes from the past. This one is the long-awaited Messiah, the anointed one. He's Christ the Lord. This is the saviour who would fulfil the prophecy of Isaiah 61. He would announce good news to the poor. He would heal the brokenhearted, set free captives and prisoners and proclaim the Lord's blessing upon his people. Not only that, this is the one, the saviour who was born in the line of King David, that he'd come to fulfil the promises made hundreds of years earlier to King David in 2 Samuel 7, that this saviour would save Israel from their enemies and establish God's eternal kingdom. The angel tells these ordinary shepherds that this saviour, the one that they had all been waiting for, He's here for them. It was for their benefit. The angel says, today a saviour was born for you. Even unclean, ordinary shepherds. This is extraordinary news. So we've seen that the message was delivered via extraordinary circumstances, the appearance of an angel, and its contents was an extraordinarily good news of salvation, even for ordinary shepherds. And then in the next verse, verse 12, the angel goes on and we see that this message is extraordinary because it's verifiably true. In verse 12, so that the shepherds can be sure what the angel has spoken is true, he gives them this sign. He says, this will be the sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. And guess what? In verse 16, that's exactly what they find. Therefore, ipso facto, everything else that the angel has said to them is proved to be true. The sign is immediately fulfilled. Luke has recorded this story, including the sign given by the angel and its immediate fulfillment, because he wants us to be absolutely confident in this extraordinary message. Luke wants us to know that this message spoken by the angel, it's true. The words have been fulfilled. The saviour that everyone was waiting for has been born. And this confidence that Luke wants us to have, the confidence is important. Because I think in many ways, we are a lot like the shepherds. Remember that the shepherds were an unclean group of ordinary outsiders that received an extraordinary message. A saviour had been born for them. Now, I'm not commenting on anyone's state of personal hygiene, whether you smell or not. But the Bible tells us that because of our sin, our rejection and our rebellion against God, that we are also spiritually unclean. The unclean stain of sin, it makes us like outsiders to a pure and holy God. But Luke, 
in this passage wants us to know that a saviour has been born. A saviour who would grow up to live, die and rise again so that the stain of our sins could be washed clean. In Isaiah 1, chapter 18, the Lord says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be washed white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they will be like wool. Although you and I are like unclean outsiders, by Jesus' death for our sin, he washes us clean so that we can come into a relationship with God. This is extraordinary news. And this morning as we reflect on this passage and later as we hear the words of the carol, I want to challenge you. How are you going to respond to this extraordinary message? Because in our story this morning, we see that the shepherds responded in three ways. First, in verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And immediately they hurried off. These shepherds didn't wait around till their shift was over. They didn't put it off until after the busy Christmas period or wait until a more convenient time for them. This news was so important, it was so extraordinary that they immediately went to investigate it. And I wonder if you're hearing this extraordinary message for the first time this morning, can I urge you, investigate it. If someone is promising eternal life in God's heavenly kingdom, surely you'd want to check it out. And then, after finding the baby in verse 16, confirming the words of the angel were true, in verse 17, the shepherd's second response is to go and tell everyone about it. You see, verse 17, after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. This message was so extraordinary that they had to go and tell people. And friends, if we believe this message, if we know it's true, then surely, like the shepherds, we've got to go and tell people. The Saviour is here. He's been born for you and for me, even ordinary, unclean sinners. Thirdly, in verse 20, the shepherds go home and they praise God. We see in the verse there that the shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all that they'd seen and heard, just as they had been told. They heard that a saviour had been born and they saw it confirmed. And so in response, they praised God. I wonder if that's your response to this extraordinary message. For many of us, Christmas can quickly become a very busy period. 
It's quickly filled up with family lunches and catching up with friends that you've been putting off seeing all year. Uh, And then there's buying the presents and wrapping the presents and making sure you didn't forget the presents and have you got everyone? Did someone order the ham? Uh, It can quickly become such a busy time. And it can be easy for us to forget the extraordinary message. Or maybe for you, you do remember this message. You know it. You remember the message. But you realise this morning that it's easy for you to start thinking that this extraordinary message is just ordinary. Maybe for you, it's tempting to think that an angel announcing the birth of a baby, that's just a normal kind of thing that happens. Well, maybe you've stopped even questioning, why would shepherds be the first person to come and meet a newborn baby? It can be easy to forget that this story and its implications are extraordinary. So this Christmas, I want to challenge you. Would you make sure that you take the time to praise God for this extraordinary message. The carol, while shepherds watch their flocks by night, reminds us of Luke's account in chapter 2, that a group of ordinary shepherds received a very extraordinary message. A saviour had been born. And in response, they investigated it, And once they saw that it was true, they told others about it and they praised God for it. And friends, as I conclude my time here at Pitt Town, my prayer for you is that you would do the same. My prayer is that you would never, ever stop marvelling at this extraordinary story, the story of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. And I pray that you would keep seeking him and that you would never tire of wanting to tell people about this good news and that in response you would praise God for it. So let me pray that we would do that. Dear Heavenly Father, We thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ, our saviour. I pray this morning that if we don't know this message, we would seek to investigate it. And for those of us who do, would you embolden us to go and spread the good news and would we continue praising you for it? Again, Father, we thank you for Jesus, our saviour. And to him be all honour and majesty and glory and power, now and forever and ever. Amen.